1: light everybody so glad you could be with us and share your time with us tonight today this morning wherever you are in the world i want to thank ken quiet hawk for his amazing intro he and his wife are native storytellers and you can find them on the internet all you have to do is google either ken quiet hawk or native storytellers and you will learn some amazing stuff about the native american traditions it's definitely an adventure worth going on and if you're listening to the show tonight on, in archive, uh, please go to the YouTube channel and subscribe. That's how you let us know that you're listening. It helps us a lot to figure out what works and what doesn't work. So far, everything's worked. So let us know, please. My guest tonight is Tammy Billups, and she's amazing. This is, this is a very special show because I happen to be um, an animal addict, She is a transformational soul healer and pioneer on the Animal-Human-Sacred Soul Partnership. She's a sought-after holistic healer, the creator of Animal-Human Tandem Healings, and a certified interface therapist. She's appeared on CNN's The Daily Share, Primetime Live, ABC, and Oprah. Her book that we're going to be talking about tonight is Animal Soul Contracts, Sacred Agreements for Shared Evolution. It reveals the higher purpose and soul mission behind our relationships with our animal companions. She explores the spiritual contracts that are created when a human bonds with an animal and shows how we come into each other's lives for a reason. She provides real-life examples. She explains why animals choose at the soul level to have certain perceived negative experiences such as physical or behavioral issues, to evolve their souls, clear karma, and help our souls evolve. She shows that human and animal souls orchestrate every experience and interaction that holds potential for transformation and healing, including the final transition. She demonstrates the inner dynamics of the animal-human relationship to help animal lovers understand their soul contracts with their pets. The inspirational, real-life examples of animal-human tandem healings that she facilitated identify the soul contracts within each pairing that transform feelings of grief, grief, loss, abandonment, betrayal, trauma, abuse, and anxiety into peace, love, and tranquility. She's an amazing lady. Her book is phenomenal, and you can get it on Amazon and um, I, I will have it up on my website as well, and the link to Amazon will be there. And you can find her at www.tammybillips.com. So, without further ado, Tammy, welcome to the show.
2: Hi. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to talk with you.
1: Oh, I'm so excited. I mean, I've, also, I've always known that my animals were people, too, but... but I never even thought about what our contract, or that there might be a contract between the two of us. And, and I was fascinated when I read your book, because it explained so much about um, how, I, how my animals came into my life. And there, was always a, there always seemed to be a purpose, and I just felt I was really, really lucky. But I didn't realize that there, there was most probably a contract at some point, written so that we would all come together at, at different specific times to facilitate healings and growth in each other.
2: Yeah, and there can be lots of contracts you have with each animal. It's amazing.
1: It really, it, it really is because, you know, I mean, I, I have loved every animal I've ever had. I mean, there's no doubt about that. And it isn't that I loved some more than others, but i had more of a connection with some than i did with others
3: so mm-hmm. would
1: would that indicate that there was more of a contract with with the other ones or i mean i don't think you just randomly come into contact with each other i think there's a reason but but sometimes there are more than one reasons is that basically how it goes
2: yeah and 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 when you say that you're closer to one more than another um, which, which everybody feels that way, you know, where you feel like you have a stronger bond with one animal and you still have these, of course, these beautiful bonds with others, but there's some that, uh-huh. that really stand out. And those are usually because you have been together many, many times before. So there's a, there's a long standing soul relationship. Um, and you know, and that's why it's a, it feels so familiar and so comfortable and so deep.
1: Yeah, my my husband, when he moved in, had a cat with him who he named Skitsy because she was crazy or appeared to be. And she was feral, and he said, you'll never see her. And I said, oh, don't be silly. And and it took two years, but I I got her to the point where she would come onto my lap and she would, you know, she really, it, it was sort of like she was afraid to love or to experience it, and she got to a point where, you know, she really did crave the affection and, and, the, and the warmth that, that came from the personal touch. And, and I always knew that there was, you know, something very special there. It just, you know, all I could think of was I know that this cat really wants to be loved. So, you yeah. know, I'll, I'll take her on her terms. I'm not going to drag her, but I'll sit there and wait for her to come to me. And, and she did so what a beautiful gift is.
2: you gave her by accepting her pace and her timing to, to release the the fear that she had. You know, that's that's a beautiful gift.
1: Well, you know, you can't. I have found, you can't make a cat cuddly. They they are either going to be it or not. Or and and if you try, you're going to end up with scratches. So you know, you have to respect their space. So how how did you, you know, dogs are different, but cats definitely have to be respected. Um, How did you come to understanding that you had this gift? This is definitely a special
2: gift that you've got. Oh, well, thank you. Um, Well, this gift, I'm doing quotation marks around it because this happened to me um, through, at the turn of the century through my mother's passing, I had a spiritual awakening, and and through and, and because of that, all of a sudden my, um, my very first pet passed weeks after my mother and I was more traumatized, you know, how it is with, with those that we live with every day and, and she was my first yeah. unconditional love. And I can remember at, back then my level of consciousness was, oh my gosh, there's no one to greet her on the other side because my mother was having conversations with all of these people that had passed And she would tell me about them, which I just thought, this is cool. And it made me feel good to know that she was being greeted and I didn't really have that knowledge before or that tangible evidence like what she gifted me with. And so when Kalua passed, um, I can remember just going, oh, God, let her come back and live with me, and I was crying and crying because mother, you know, my mother did not like cats, <laughs> so I thought, <laughs> I, so I thought there's no one to greet her, there's nobody that I know that's past other than mom, and and, um, and that evening, all of a sudden, I had this gift, and I could see her, and she was going about doing her normal routine, and it really grew from there over the next month. And it completely changed my life. All of my, you know, all of my memories from my childhood were unlocked at the same time, which made it not a really good year. And then my other two animals passed within the next few months. All of them, of course, had signed up and had contracts to get me to that point of my awakening and to start this new path in life and no more. So while it was an extraordinary year, it was also, of course, quite difficult in many ways. But that was when my gift you know came and i couldn't turn it off once it once it came and all of a sudden i was seeing into 14 different dimensions and it was very scary you know at the at the time because i i never knew anyone that that had that and I, I it wasn't all pretty stuff that i was seeing because i had a lot of fear around it you know so um so that was really when it came to be and it didn't take long you know over the next year after that I could, you know, I started in a a beautiful four-year program to learn what to do with these gifts so that I can help uh, all beings heal. You know, I started initially just for people and then added in the animals.
1: Well, it's just, you know, it's funny. I had two animals that passed within six months of my mother passing, and my mother had been really, really ill for a very long time. So when she passed, I was so relieved that she was finally out of pain that it, I felt a sense of peace but when my two animals went I could not be consoled and, and I finally said at one point I'm so embarrassed I can't stop crying about my cat and my dog and my mother died and I was fine but n- these two I just you know I was you know it was terrible I would burst into tears at a moment's notice almost they they stopped they they literally told me I couldn't open my mail at the post office anymore cuz Everybody was sending me the Rainbow Bridge, and every time I read it, I, I would burst into tears. And so, and then people would say, why? And I'd tell them, and they'd cry, so the post office won't let me open my mail there anymore. Um, Aww. For, for fear, another animal is going to go, and I'll have everybody <laughs> sobbing. Um, but, but, you know, there is, there is such a connection we have with our pets because, because they give you unconditional love.
2: Yes, it's a safe nope. love. You know, we don't have the same history with them as we do a lot of people that we call into our lives and that we've chosen to, you know, live our lives with. So uh, to me, it's, you know, when you, the, the more they hole up inside your heart, and especially they're around you every day all the time, you're going to miss them more, and it's going to be very tangible uh, a hole in your heart when they leave, which is much different than those that you aren't with every day. So I think that's fairly common for us animal lovers.
1: Oh, yeah. Now, uh, you've worked with cats and dogs and horses. What other animals have you worked with?
2: Well, let me think here. There's There's been a couple of snakes. There's been ferrets, bunnies, um, definitely birds, macaws, yeah, and a tiger at a rescue center. Um, I'm trying to think. What else? <laughs> it's been, I don't know. It's been twenty years. <laughs> My memory's not so yeah. good, but i I think that's I think that's mainly the the ones other than the, the you know the horses, cats, and dogs.
1: Yeah, I I mean those I could, those are the ones I would you know think of immediately. But you know, an animal is an animal. Now now another question that is that that I've wondered about. Um, can you make connection with any living creature
2: with their with their permission i always ask permission um but there's certainly the capability is is there for for it absolutely
1: cuz i have some ants i'd love you to talk
2: to <laughs> well <laughs> that's funny are some ants getting in your house <laughs> yes they are they weren't invited that's funny Well, I've done every. I've tried talking
1: to them. I've tried meditating to them. I've tried talking to them. I've tried saying, you know, if you don't stop, I'm going to have to end your lives. So find some way, stay in the rafters. Don't come into the house itself. Just (laughs) let's stay to our own places here. They don't seem to understand.
2: I must not talk aunt well. Um, so I've had an aunt thing one time and, and I'll just be honest. I got to the point where I had to tell them, I'm like, okay, so you have, here's your 24 hour notice. Yeah. <laughs> and I went around the house and I did a little sage and I'm like, okay guys, I need you to hear me loud and clear. The guy's coming tomorrow. This is your, make your exit immediately. Cause we've tried everything else.
1: <laughs> well, I, I heard that you could put red pepper down and that would keep them away. And I, I reached for the red pepper without my glasses on, and couldn't understand when the next day we were overrun, and I had put cinnamon down instead of red pepper.
2: Oh no! Oh, bless your heart.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah it was kind of. I, I took a look at them, and I said that may be your last meal. Yeah. You know, but so, so with with pets, with cats, with dogs. Um, you, say, you say that there are, are many different kinds of contracts that we have with them. Um, you want to kind of give us an understanding of what, I think there were six, did you
2: say? There, there are seven. And, I mean, a seven contract, just to kind of give you the overview, it's, it's, it's really in a, an agreement between two beings to expand their growth in this lifetime. So our souls is what I have found through doing thousands of sessions over the past 20 years is that our souls agree upon lessons and growth to work on together for mutual healing and development. So we we actually decide before we incarnate to team up with certain beings on certain lessons and growth. And I call those soul contracts. So yes, they're what I've what I've documented, and it doesn't mean that there can't be more, but what I have found through my work, which is much more on the psycho-spiritual side, you know, since that's just the area that fascinates me the most, and because that's what I'm working on with my clients mainly, is their emotional wounds or unresolved emotional wounds, traumas, physical issues, and of course, um, the first two are behind usually the physical issues. But there are, you know, the, so the seven different levels that I. Um, that I, you know, discovered are, you know, the physical agreements, which is when kind of we're we're holding each other's physical ailments for each other. There's the emotional wound agreements. You know, I'm able to see these defense patterns around the five different core emotional wounds that we have, which are betrayal, abandonment, invasiveness, trauma, um, well, terror, actually, and um, denial, detachment from your true self. Um, So those we will mirror a lot, and I see that happen uh, frequently within uh, a person in their animal relationship. And then there's projection agreements, there are karma agreements, there are unconscious mirroring agreements, and then, of course, the the symbolism on how they're going to act out in symbolism certain messages for you. And then, of course, what everybody knows is the pinnacle teachings, which Will you know be the unconditional love, the acceptance, the grace, the you know all of those beautiful high vibrational teachings that they're in our life to to help us learn and model for us.
1: Yeah. What is what what would you say is the most common of them?
2: Well, I think there's always some type of pinnacle teaching, but through because people are usually calling me because there's a behavior or there's a physical issue with their animal. When I connect through tandem healings, especially with the animal and their person, they're almost always going to have an emotional wound agreement and be mirroring abandonment or mirroring the invasiveness wound. It's, it's just, I'm trying to think if there's been a time where I haven't had the mirror when I connect to an animal. It's just so always there that if I'm working on an animal with abandonment, that when their person heals an unresolved abandonment wound in their background, that's when they both heal together and there's no longer the codependent relationship or the separation anxiety that might be showing up due to the unhealed abandonment wound.
1: Gotcha. So if somebody has had a lot of animals, is is
2: that inferring they have a lot of problems or... (laughs) So, <laughs> <No>. um, <laughs> I mean, they're a big. It, well, I mean, they're going to have different contracts with, with different people. I mean, is it is it natural for someone who has had a lot of trauma and abuse in their background, where some part of their psyche says that people are not safe, and so we kind of don't let as many people get close to us? I'm speak, I'm including myself in this. Then uh-huh. and yes, it is natural for us to pivot and allow more animals in because they are that safe love and because we are, you know, just because we're in a body, we do long for relationships. And especially females are going to long to mother, you know, it's unconscious. And so that's going to allow more animals in just, just due to the fact that, you know, somebody has some type of trauma in their background. It's not always the case, but it's real likely that that can be one of the big reasons why some people do have more animals.
1: Well, I've, I've often said sometimes that I trust animals more than I trust people. Um,
3: mm-hmm.
1: so I can certainly see that concept in that aspect. I've, I've been, I, I've always had a lot of animals. So, you know, I was sitting trying to think of, you know, what were the times in my life when certain animals came into my life and what might I have been working on with them? And, and, you know, you, you kind of your book made me look at my animals with much deeper respect um, than than I had had before because I hadn't given them credit for a consciousness that would understand, you know, that process of making a contract. And yeah. and and I don't know why, but I just you know that had never occurred to me.
2: But right, I mean, I think I was that. the same way. You know, I'm sorry, go ahead.
1: No, I mean, it just, it makes perfect sense. And, and when, when you talked about the um, animals who, you know, had those, you know, are parts of those awful ASPCA animal ads that, that have been, you know, traumatized and mistreated. It's just, you know, why would anybody come in to do that? And, and yet, if you'll excuse the reference back to Christianity, Jesus came in here to be beaten and die, so you know, and ultimate love, so that so that you know, I would I would think animals are the same, and, and they are certainly, comp, comp, you know, capable of the same thing. So um, it, it makes you it makes you look at those pets that that you know that gather around us and 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 help us through all of the difficult times that we do go through and. To have the awareness that from time to time your animal is going to mirror something that's going on inside of you is is really it makes you pay more attention. And you know, I've often, I've always known that if there was anxiety or stress in the in the house, that the animals were going to reflect that. But I never had gone deeper into it. So so you were you, you started out as an animal healer and then realized that you could you, you could expand it to the owner as well is that how that went it was the
2: opposite <laughs> ah. it was a, okay. it was actually the opposite I, I mean I'd always wanted to be a psychotherapist but I was awful at school and and, and I didn't get the, the degree for it so when I when I found a class um, a four-year class here in the Atlanta area that was at the Center for, Center for Integrative Therapy that really focused on these five core emotional wounds within people. I signed up for that almost immediately, as soon as I could get in. And and when I was I trying to... I wasn't that far into the class where I thought, I wonder if this will work on animals as well since I'm such a... You know, since animals were so important to me. And then I... Uh-huh. I started asking friends if I could work on their animals, and and that's really It was really pretty early, even in that before I even started charging for animal sessions. Way back when, when I would look at the animal and just see the mirroring. Of course, I'd always had mirroring with my animals, and even before I realized what was going on, I was like you. It's like, well, no, actually, I was not even as advanced as what you were because. In my 20s and 30s, animals were, gosh, I look back, they were working hard for me, and they were really carrying my physical issues as well, and I had a lot of physical issues back then a lot of surgeries, and if I would get asthma, one of my animals would get asthma. If I got a UTI, another animal would get a UTI, and it was, it was so apparent that even back then, I thought, what are the odds of that? What, how is that possible? Yeah. You know, that I'm getting something and then my animal has the exact same physical ailment almost instantaneously. There's got to be something to that. But as soon as I started working on my friend's animals, it was the same thing. I remember one of the very first sessions I did was on my friend Andrea, her horse, who had just gotten diagnosed with um, – the the abbreviation was OCD, but it was a a leg – ailment that meant that the horse would not be able to walk on it and, and well and it certainly would never be able to run. And Andrea had wanted to have her pregnant, you know, get her pregnant once, get a full just once, and she'd always had that dream, and the vet had said she will never be able to, period. She won't be able to endure that. And after the second session, this horse was running, and she gave birth, you know, a year later and it was fascinating but, but to me the mirroring part comes in in that um Andrea had a bad leg on the same side of <laughs> the body. Oh well. wow. And and I was like, Well, have you wondered about the fact that your leg is out and her leg is out and and uh and so it was like she she raised her awareness around that and, and I believe was working on that as well and I think that that's really what allowed Maxie or to to heal that quickly sometimes they're just trying to show us something about ourselves so we can look at a higher level of awareness and begin to love ourselves more and get help to heal our inner wounds and once we do that they no longer have to carry it sometimes they can miraculously heal it's pretty incredible
1: well let me ask you then if we make this kind of a contract in spirit in spirit before we incarnate um that animal isn't going to necessarily incarnate with us at the same time it's a it's sort of a um an open-ended contract in that 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 contract is triggered at a certain time in our lives so that the animal is incarnated in order to find us and 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 Share with us that experience.
2: Right. Yeah. And I think our higher selves, of course, while we're sleeping at night, (laughs) you know, we're we're probably we're probably all talking on the other side about these things, you know, especially with the two that I have, you know, with me right now, the two kitty cats. You know, one of them has certainly been with me at least once before, if not more. I'm sure I'll find that out um, once I pass, maybe before. But my other one. I talked about that first one that you know, my first cat that passed, Kahlua. Well, the other, you know, Kahlua's back with me now as Rumi, as a, as a male, and it's the third time that I'm aware of in this life alone that this soul has been with me. So I know, I know they're part. You know that these guys are part of my soul team. Uh
1: uh-huh. Yeah, I you know I I've had a number of cats that I was sure were quote unquote magical. Um, I had one named Smudge. Now, he passed when he was six years old. Um, But he first came to me as Misty, and he was with me for 13 years. Misty passed, and three years later, Smudge came into my life. It was the same cat. I mean, she even knew where things were hidden. So, you know, it it, it was really strange. And when he passed, um i i was i was you know wrung out and somebody said you know well you know you can get another cat and i looked at them and said you can never replace one of these these pets these these friends you can't you you know if you died would i just get another friend you know it doesn't work that way but i said but he'll be back now i know he'll be back i don't know when but I'm, I'm waiting. You know, I, I know that at some point in time I will see him and, and connection will be there. Um, third time's a charm, I guess. But while yeah. we're talking about our pets, somebody has called up who has checked your website out, and um, she has a, a pet called, I love this, Sweet baby, baby Gizmo, and she wanted to talk to you. Um, you okay with that?
2: Absolutely.
1: Okay, this is Lisa. Hi, Lisa, you're on the air.
4: Hi, thank you so much. Um, I love hearing this because I this mirroring, you don't seem to have a problem with it because I was actually yelled at by a healer I hired for my dog who told me that because I was sick, I had made her sick and gave her a terrible life and that I should never have another pet. Oh, I'm sorry you had that experience. So another healer, relieving, yeah. <laughs> um, little Giz is um, 16 and five months, and um, she's been having a rough year. She uh, had to have her pyloric valve removed from her stomach. Mm-hmm. I guess dogs with pushed-in faces—there's five breeds. Their pyloric valve just closes up. And she had such a spirit about her that she had four IV sites, a cone on her head, and a a gastral tube. And she was running around Tufts, visiting with everybody. And we thought, how could we not not give her a chance? Yeah. Um, But there was a lot of repercussions from the surgery. But um, um, they sent her home on hospice care and a million drugs. And I threw all the drugs in the garbage, but all natural remedies that I had been reading about. And she's still with us.
2: Oh, that's wonderful
4: just um, not wanting to put her through more than she wants to go through.
3: Mm-hmm.
4: She does have little bouts with um, different things and then her spirit picks up and she's running down the hall, so I'm just not sure. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to do the wrong thing for her. I just want to do everything right for her because she deserves everything. Well,
2: trust your heart connection with that and, and if you're worried
4: that your heart connection
2: is kind of foggy because you love her so much, of course, just know that you know, you can sit in, in quiet and just go drop to your heart, and there is absolutely this beautiful golden cord from your heart to hers. Is it well? Is it a male? Is it Gizmo? Is it a female or a male? It's a girl. Yeah. So, so you can connect with their heart to heart of just sinking into your heart connection and closing your eyes and then asking those questions about, you know. Tell me when it's right for you or not i've I've always done that for my animals I've asked them for real clear signs and and I've always gotten them and i and I will always encourage my clients to do that as well and so you can even create whatever sign that that is um I mean you know want to you don't want to get too specific I somebody get really specific. you're like when they jump up and down the bed five times i'll know that's what they mean it's like no no no, <laughs> we can't do that but you will know when you trust your heart connection that when is their time and, and i've always asked my animals if they can let me know that just ahead of the curve enough where we're not having those last moments in an emergency room and a lot of suffering state. you know
4: my prayer is that God gave her to me. He's got to call her home in her sleep because I just, I can't. I can't kill an ant. Yeah. I just can't. Yeah. Well, guess what? You get to die today. I couldn't even, I, could, I can't. I'll take care of her every last second no matter what it takes out of me.
2: Well, then I'm sure that every animal that comes into your home and heart signed up for that in advance, so I will pray for that as well. Thank you.
4: Thank you. I just ordered your books. Thank you so much for everything you do for the animals.
2: Oh, you're most
4: welcome. Do you have any other questions? I don't know. Is there one I should be asking that I don't know enough to ask? (laughs) No, (laughs) no, no. (laughs) I just want to be able to answer anything that you have.
2: You'll like the second chapter in the book. Um, because it's called The Sacred Transition of the Animal Soul, and it talks about different ways that people, the different clients I've had, and different things that you can do to create that a very sacred final chapter, what, however you choose to do it.
1: Okay. And okay. You, can't, you, can't, you, you can't be wrong. Whatever you do,
4: that you do with love, is the right thing to do. And, and I didn't, like, make her sick because I was a sick girl when I got her. I didn't cause her to be have health problems.
2: You would no. have both signed up for that. That's a contract that you guys would have had. And they will absolutely do that. They're evolving their souls as well. And if you two teamed up together, then that means that, I mean, you heard me talk about, you know, the animals that, that have, had the same ailments as I had, right? And so... You know, I mean, the goal, of course, is so that we do continue our own inner healing journey. And, of course, our animals reflect that as well. But they absolutely would have volunteered to do that and hold that space for you so that you would suffer less.
4: That does make me sad. The last thing I want is for her to ever have a bad day.
2: I know we love them so much, but we, we would take away their pain as well. And lots of times we do that. So know that that goes both ways. They want to serve us and we want to serve them. It's a mutual love fest that we want to help each other.
4: That is so amazing. I have a wonderful vet who actually looked me in the face last year and said, You know, our animals mirror us. And that was the first time I had heard that. Wow. I think we both had pancreatitis at the time. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Yeah, isn't it interesting? That's so cool. I'm glad that there's a vet out there that's getting it. I'm hoping more and more are waking up to it. I'm sure some of them know it and maybe, you know, are afraid to say it out loud as
4: well. <laughs> I don't think too many know it. He's pretty darn special. Okay. That's well, good. You got you a good so one. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Thank really you so much for,
1: thank thank you for, thank you for speaking. Thanks for calling, Lisa, and, and I'll, I'll put you on hold so you can keep listening. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Um, I know Lisa has been to your website. Let me just hand it out again. It's www.tammybillips.com. Great information on there. Um, One of the other things that that, um, I've been in this field for over 50 years, and um, I have always believed that, that animals have spirits. That's you know, people have said, oh, they have an oversoul, they don't have a single soul. I, I, I believe they have their own individual spirits, their, their own in, individual souls. Um, but I hadn't really thought about them evolving for some reason. Um, and yet I've had some cats that were just almost human and other cats that were definitely just cats. And, and so I, I never I never connected the two. Um, there have been cats that I swear knew what I was saying when I was talking, um, and other cats that that you know that, that really didn't care. <laughs> they were there to love me, and that was fine, and that was it. But so do 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 um, do our household pets evolve into lions and tigers and bears, oh my? Or or are, mm-hmm. is it a constant evolution? In, in the domestic cat field? I mean, where do they
2: evolve to? Yeah, that's a great question. And, I, and, I, and there, are, there are a couple kind of lanes of thought in books that I read and in things that I see as well. And I guess we won't know for sure, of course, until, you know, one day, right? But, but I've, I've seen too many animals that I work on that show me that they were different animals in their past. And I've adopted too many animals. I've, I've adopted many animals. You know, I had one cat that when he was, I brought him home at four months old, and when he wanted something, he sat up and begged and put in and his, you know, with his front legs going around in circles like a dog. Now, you know, how, <laughs> how did my cat know how to do that at four months? I happen to know that nobody was secretly training him dog tricks, <laughs> you know. Uh-huh. Um. And so you see that happen, and, and I know, and I know that they can blip around in different, in different bodies depending on what we're wanting, you know, because I think it's more the soul union and then some, some lives that we might be wanting to have experience with horses. And it's like if they're part of our little animal soul team, then, yeah, they'll, I think that they have the ability to blip into whatever type of body they want. So I mean, there are those that believe, like the Buddhists, you know, that that they will go through a different chain of of animals, and then one day they'll become, you know, where they'll be in more of a human body. And then there are those that that believe that there are forever animals and never going to be in any type of a, a human type body. And so I've seen I've seen situations where there are guides or or more souls that have, that look human maybe have been humans many times and sometimes they can blip in and take an animal life as well for our growth and so I think there's just all kinds of opportunities and possibilities for what we can do you know from the other side and what we're arranging and I I think it's just more about those soul contracts you know if I get in my head I I want an animal to look a certain way then I can promise you that's been prearranged for them to be in that type of a body. And that's why I want, you know, a certain golden tabby or I haven't ever wanted what, you know, it's like we're drawn to that because we've prearranged that with that particular soul for our mutual growth.
1: Well, when you stop and think about it, you know, we evolve and, and at some point as, you know, when we evolve enough as a homo sapien, we, we easily could go to another dimension or another planet and, you know, be whatever was indigenous to that planet to evolve there. So it would make perfect sense that that because everything is a part of creation, that, that animals would be able to have the same process. And And I swear to you, I have met animals that had to have been human at one time, and I have met humans that, absolutely have been
2: animals at one time. Mhm. So, yeah, or even a fairy realm Or you know, I mean there's just yeah, you see certain people and you can just tell, you know, by by looking at them and their actions, their backgrounds, their soul backgrounds and it's I love it. I, I cuz I think we'll we probably have free will as a soul. We get to choose what we want to do. I mean, do we have guidance? Yes. Do we have recommendations, yes, but I think ultimately we get to choose the type of experiences to for how we want to evolve our souls. And I love it that we've got this soul group that's you know of beings that look like hum- humans, and then also animals that we can team up with. And especially oh, yeah. for those okay. of us that have really gravitated towards animals, then we get to we get to learn and grow and heal alongside of them, and it's just a beautiful process. It really is.
1: Oh, absolutely, and I think one of the things that's important for people to remember is that when we make a contract on the other side, it doesn't necessarily mean that it's the same kind of contract we would think about on this side. Sometimes, mm-hmm. <clears throat> sometimes you know, I, I've heard people say, well, I made a contract, and I'm supposed to be a world leader, or I'm supposed to be a mystical guru, or, you know, something something really quite out of this world. And and the reality is it's more of a, I want to experience a certain situation situations so that I can understand the compassion and the love and the understanding that goes along with that experience. So, you know, the yes. kind of contracts we sign on the other side are very different from what we what our ego thinks of as a contract on this side.
2: You know, yes, i hear you. people say I agree.
1: I am here to teach humanity. No you're not. <laughs> you're here to learn yourself, you know. It's like give me a rest.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah,
2: I would agree with you. And you know, you hear people say, you know, I was Helen of Troy or I was this and it's like, oh really, wow. You know
1: yeah. That's yeah, great. It's- not the case, you know, most probably you um, <clears throat> swept the hearth for a while. I mean, there, there, there are, it, it, it's, it's interesting to me how our concept of what our spiritual lessons are have nothing to do with what our spiritual lessons actually are. Bummer. For the most part. <laughs> yeah, it is, it is. But, you know, it, it's kind of like I just trust that so long, as, so long as I'm a happy person, I am actually on the pathway. And, and even though it gets tough and, and, you know, is a bit uncomfortable from time to time, I know that I'm learning something even if the, con- the concept isn't there. So, so when, when somebody is concerned about their pet and calls you for a tandem healing, what does that involve?
2: well, I usually I like to talk to to each person before we even do that because the tandem healings are are really created and work best when the person is is really ready to heal alongside of their animal. Um, you know, and it's and it's hard because most people that are calling about their animals are it so hurts them to see their animal suffering in any way that they're real focused on what will heal their animal in the fastest way possible. If that means I'm along with the session, then fine. And that's a little bit different than I realize that they're marrying something for me. I'm ready to go to that deep place too. So that you know, because, because when we go to the deeper places and heal a particular, say, emotional wound that they might be mirroring for us, what I have found is that the animal heals much faster when the person is really taking ownership over their their healing journey, and so when a person calls, um, you know, I do these remotely, you know, if they're out of the country, I'll do them through Zoom audio, but they, I will actually connect with their higher selves, permission, heart to heart, soul to soul, and it's almost like the, the, it looks like a triangle between our hearts, you know, and I, you know, my sessions, I've been doing it this way for, for a very long time, where I just kind of go into observer mode, and then I'm kind of watching everything that I'm trusting spirit as well like you do and just trusting that the healing energy is going where it needs to and I am I am blessed to be able to see the types of emotions and feel them. And they're leaving, where the traumas are, where there's structural work that's done on their sessions, that's done on their energy uh, field, sorry, and and then what they're allowing in and what might be holding them back or what traumas or whatever. So it's different in every single session I usually recommend that people do try to, you know, get some back-to-back, and it's completely up to them. Um, but it's, it's, it's really fascinating. I, I didn't do this when I very first started my practice, but I always wanted to because I thought, you know, when people would call sometimes and they would be real focused on their animal, sometime, most of the time when the healing session miraculously cleared them through one or two or three or whatever sessions it took, if the animal behavior, they usually would see a positive impact almost immediately. But if not, it almost always has something to do with the fact that the person had not taken responsibility yet on their mirroring wound and the mirroring issue that the animal was representing or holding for them. Or, you know, certainly they're working on it for themselves as well. So, So sometimes they would, the animal would just, you know, stop the behavior that the person didn't like, but then I would see it occasionally revert back. And they'd say, what happened? It was going so well. <laughs> and, <laughs> and, and that's when I would kind of encourage them to, you know, well, sometimes they're mirroring us. And what I have found is that sometimes if the person is ready, whenever they're ready to look at that corresponding wound, that that can really help it so that it would stick with the animal, you know, and then they're more likely to do that. But I love doing tandem healings because I love that awareness within the pairing, you know, during them. It's fascinating to hold, hold space to, to see what comes through.
1: I know you said that, that, you know, you often ask them to lay down on the same bed and just relax. Yes. What yeah. happens? If I happens, want them to go what to, hap- to sleep. Well,
2: what happens if it's a horse? <laughs> <laughs> well, horses, a lot of times can pretty much you know they could they they're pretty good about sleeping with you know they can stand and, and be up but I trust that the animal if it can't be in the house with the person it, we're connecting most certainly that the the distance makes no difference of course with the energy work but they the animals know about the sessions well before I'm connecting they're trying to connect with me before I'm even asking usually. It's the people that are more thinking about things and wondering it. But, but it matters not if they're not physically in the same location. Um, but with the people that can be inside and lay on their bed with their dog or their cat or whatever, um, then that just sets a very sacred space so that they can promote a peaceful environment because I found that the deeper the person can go, the animals almost always just go right to sleep. Um, and they do lots of twitching or sighs or moving their bodies as different things are moving out. But the people, when they go to sleep, I can tell the second they do because immediately the emotions start clearing them. It's it's, it's interesting. That's such a
1: gift. It's such um, on, on many different levels, first of all for the animal, and then, then second of all for the person to have that much trust that – that there is something inside of them that they need to let go of and be and be able to embrace the letting go. Um, what happens though if say say um, what happens when a contract is fulfilled? Does that mean that the animal is going to pass over?
2: Oh, thank you for asking this question. Oh my gosh, yes. And in the and in the final chapter of the book, I. I have a little blip in there that starts with the elephant in the room. <laughs> and I talk about the yeah. very subject, you know, because people will ask that all the time, you know, and certainly if the animal passes, that can mean that we have, you know, fulfilled this, this, the contracts that we signed up to, to uh, fulfill together. But we have so many contracts, you know, and like I'm talking a lot about how the emotional wounds we mirror. Well, There's all these other levels of contracts. And so if we fulfill one type of contract where it's like, okay, we were trying to heal abandonment together, and now our abandonment was, and now that's done, well, there's all these other levels of teaching that they can still have with us that we've signed up together. So it absolutely does not mean they are passing.
1: Okay, because, you know, I would hate to think that, you know, both of us getting well together um, suddenly meant that the end my, my pet was going to, to pass on because you know what, that's a good reason to not get
2: better. Um, <laughs> well, I would encourage but, you or anybody who's afraid of that their fear of, of losing their pet is greater than their um, seeing the benefit of, of being well together um, to really lean into what that might be triggering for people because. Because obviously we want the time together that we have together for we both to feel better, you know. Especially knowing that there are multiple lives and we can be together again, you know. Oh, yeah. I I I would want to I would want to jump on board, or I do want to jump on board with my animals. It's like okay, what can we heal together? And and let's just keep creating contracts, you know. Let's keep doing more. Let's do it. Let's get it so that yeah. we're feeling so great. All right, <laughs> that works for me. Um, Good. Yeah,
1: you know, I've had a couple of animals um, that have gone to 21 and 22, and you know it was such a pleasure to spend that much time with them. That, that when they did finally transition, um, they did it so peacefully. They just went to sleep and didn't wake up.
2: And, oh, that's what um, we all
1: want. How beautiful. Oh yeah, I mean, I, I, I my, my 21 year old cat. I remember her. Um, she she was crawling under a bed, and I I got down on the floor and I touched her paw, and I said, "Everything okay, Polly?" And she you know bopped at me. I said, "Okay, if you need me, you just call." And the next morning, she was gone. So, wow. twenty one is a long time for a cat. Yeah, that's
2: but she fabulous. Was...
1: Yeah, no, there there are. Um, yeah, i've I've often said, now, and this is only my opinion, this is not Tammy's opinion. So she doesn't think this at all, or maybe she does. but but I have always believed that people who could have pets and chose not to are missing a part of their soul.
3: Mm.
1: It just to me,' it's, it's having a connection to animals on any level. I mean, you know, if, if, if there's no way that you can possibly have a pet, if you're allergic to them or, if or, or whatever the reasons, if there is absolutely no way you can have one and you choose to not and you don't want to be around pets, that there's something inside of you that, that for me, make it, it, it isn't that they aren't good people. It's just that there's a part of compassion and love in there that, that, that is empty at the moment and um i can always, i can almost pick them out
2: not yeah sure, i i hear what you're gonna, saying you know i mean there's there's animals have i think people who gravitate towards animals have as a whole certainly not all um uh-huh. have a higher level of empathy you know overall are more empathetic you know because animals certainly uh, draw in introverts and those that are really empathetic and compassionate people can relate to the love of, of animals, I think, much easier.
1: Oh, absolutely. Look at the, look at the prisoners who train dogs. Um, and, and, you know, these really rough, uh, you know, tough people, men, you know, train dogs so that they can be service dogs and stuff like that when they're in jail. So, I mean, oh, yeah. it, it, does, it softens the spirit. It's just amazing. And the other thing that you talk about that, that I have always firmly believed is that, 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 that pets, especially dogs and cats and horses, are telepathic. And if you take the time, you can really communicate with your pet telepathically.
2: Absolutely, <laughs> without a doubt. Some some are a little bit more open and better at it than others. I guess that I mean that for people and for animals. <laughs> um, but you absolutely can. Oh my gosh, yes. You know, I I have a story in the book. This this might be a really good place. You mind if I share one of the stories? Um, oh, please do. Yeah, there's a story that in the second chapter in the sacred transition of the animal soul. You just brought that to mind about Jeff and Jasmine, and actually it's interesting because the manuscript with gone through editing. It was almost ready to go to print and get finalized when I had this happen with this uh, uh, Jeff who called me about his dog, Jasmine, who was, I think, 17 years old, and Jasmine had lost her um, ability to use her hind legs maybe six months before, but she was still very cognizant, very wanted to play, wanted to eat, everything, you know. But he, what was, what you just made me think of was that as I was talking to him, um, he would say that he's in the shower and he would sense that she needed something, you know. Because she just laid on this bed in his office, you know, and he would carry her around as she needed it. And she was a big dog she's a really big dog and he said i would sometimes be at the grocery store and instantly know that jasmine needed me and i would rush home to her and we can have we have those types of connections with our animals we can have them if we are not aware of them of just and we can nurture that connection as well by just sitting and looking at them and thinking and sending a visual and trying to tune into them heart to heart and and we Absolutely, can get messages from them that way, and through our dreams as well. Oh,
1: absolutely! And <clears throat> you know, it's it's um, there's a there's a place around here that is a rescue farm, and she rescues animals. You know, everything from crows and pigs and chickens and ducks to horses and cows and and whatever. And she has an indoor riding rink and she she takes children who are nonverbal and she puts them on the horses and the horse will communicate with the child and then the child with the horse and then the horse with her so she can find out what the child is feeling and thinking.
2: No, oh, I love Which is, that.
1: It is just amazing. And to see these these children who are nonverbal, and, and, you know, aren't talking with sign language or anything, and to, fight, to watch them learn how to ride the horse and communicate with the horse what they want it to do, where they can't talk, and yet the horse knows exactly what they want it to do. Yeah. It's the most amazing thing I have ever, ever seen. And, I love and it. The of
2: course, the young ones haven't lost their their connection, or they're not overthinking anything. They're not too far living out of the left side of their brain, you know. So they right. they've got that connection. They should think of the Avatar movie where they're taking the the tail of the horse to their you know to their hair and they make the bond, right? Yeah. And then you instantly read each other's minds, and that is so possible.
1: Well, I it's just because um, c- I have I have worked with telepathy with my animals, and it's not something I do constantly. I should, but um, I had some, um, a number of years ago, I had a, a split level and there was a screen out onto, the de- uh, out onto the deck, and they could open the screen, but they never shut it. And, and you know, we, I worked with them for a very long time, and if I was in the room and I saw them opening the screen, I would send to them. I would. I would send. I sent. I sent pictures, and and I would send the picture of them closing the screen, and I would say nine out of ten times they would turn around and close the screen.
2: I love it. Oh my gosh, I love it. I remember when I had a a, a barn. Uh, I lived in a house with this big barn, and with, since I moved in, there were of course barrel cats that lived in the barn because you know it was me moving in, so they probably knew that. <laughs> And I remember when I wanted to get them all um, neutered and I would leave out a trap because I was just going to, you know, of course they got fed by me and they had beds in the upper rafters and everything, right? But I wanted to get uh-huh. them neutered and I, I had this system down where I was fed in meditation and I would send a message to the one I wanted to get because obviously I didn't want the same one to go in, right? You know, one that i would had. Um, neutered already and every single time I would I would call in that one I'm like okay I have it out there here's, what, here's what's going to happen this is why I want it to happen and um, I need you to go in and every single time it would be the exact cat <laughs> that would go in the trap <laughs> yeah it's
1: amazing um, it's amazing the, the, the communication you can have with them and, and and yet lots of times when you experience it and see it you think, oh, that's coincidence, but it's not, there's no such thing as coincidence. Um, I had one that was bipolar, and he had medication, and he wasn't a friendly bipolar cat, so there was no way I was going to get a pill down him and live for longer than maybe a week. But, so I had it made into a, a transdermal cream that I would put in his ear now, it didn't irritate his ear or anything like that. It was just once a day I had to put this little bit of cream into his ear so it would go into his blood system. And if I was, whatever I was doing, if I thought, oh, darn, I have to get Angel his, his medication, Angel was gone. You just, you just, he was gone. He was a house cat, but he was gone. And I would have to sit some place, clear my head, clear my breathing, and see Angel getting up and stretching and licking himself and then slowly walking to wherever I was and getting up on the couch or my bed or whatever. And within 10 minutes, he was there, not happily, but he was there, and I gave him the cream, and we were fine for another day. So it, I
2: love that. That's beautiful. It
1: was, it was just amazing, and I got one of my cats now. Um, every now and then I will take a nap, more often than not. And poof, no matter where she is, I I won't say anything. I won't say nap time or anything like that. I will just go into my bedroom and start to move the covers around, and suddenly there's poof, because she does nap time. And if I don't take a nap, she's on the bed looking at me like, well, you know what it's like, you know, not today, poof. And um, she'll sit there for for quite a while, thinking, maybe I'll change my mind, I guess. but there's there's such an amazing quality that you can you can um generate and and evolve with your pets beyond what you have already. No matter what level you're on, there's always another level you can you can go to to expand the connection that you've got with them. Um, have you ever found that, that sometimes you've had many lifetimes with a pet or people have had many lifetimes with a certain pet?
2: Oh, absolutely. And I have experienced that many, it, with many of my animals. And, and I've seen um, when, I'm, when I'm connected, especially during a tandem session, I'll sometimes see what I what I turn uh what I a uh, coin coined um, soul chat rooms and I'll see the higher selves chatting and kind of overlooking, overseeing what was happening during the session and sometimes I'm privy to knowing that they have been together many, many times. And so it's 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 absolutely possible. They can come back to us I think I think that we have, you know, these soul groups that we work with consistently between certain, you know, and of course then it expands out. There's all these grids around our connections with different beings, of course, but I believe that there are certain animals that we incarnate with time and time again and that we know them very well, you know.
1: Is there, is there any way somebody can, now I know Barbara Streisand um, spent. I think it cost her $50,000 for each puppy, but she cloned her favorite dog. And it cost her $50,000 for the two puppies she got out of the one dog. Um, Rather than do that, (laughs) because not everybody has that kind of money, um, is there any way of, you know, when you've had a especially close connection, um, inviting the spirit of that animal to come back again? another time in this lifetime?
2: Yeah, you, you absolutely can do that. You know, I, I believe, and I, I've actually, as I was doing research for the book, as I talk about this subject, and I actually reached out to people to ask them, have you ever done that successfully? And I ask clients as well, or, or if you worked with somebody to help you bring back a certain animal, has, tell me about that and how many, how did it work? Tell me what was the outcome. And it's absolutely possible, but I, I truly believe that the, that the higher route to go, the highest path to go, is to trust your journey and to trust what you have called in and to trust that there are no mistakes and no coincidences. So while we have these beautiful connections with certain souls, it could be we're trying to learn and heal something else, and we've got this, you know, contract with a particular animal that may not be that animal that our inner child wants to have back, you know, or that a part of our being just really wants to nurture that feeling that we have when we're together. But if we just trust the process and put our desires out there, I believe that the animals that come in our life are the right and perfect ones for, what, for our growth. I totally
1: agree. Now, you, you mentioned that 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 the that our animals have spirit guides the same way we do. Um, are they animal spirit guides, or are they
2: people spirit
4: guides? Yeah,
2: that's a great question. So I've seen. It's funny because I saw I saw something the other day I hadn't seen. It the <laughs> Thank goodness I was able to uh, to share it with the person. Uh, that they were open to it. But f- I will frequently see, like, fairies from the fairy realm that are flitting around uh, in in the sessions around an animal. And, you know, I've, I've read many books that there's a being that's attached to every flower, every animal in nature for protection. But I've also seen other animals possibly they have shared a life with uh, that are around uh-huh. them, and of course they they have their little angel team as well. I mean they they've got beings that are guiding them in their decisions and giving them little you know nudges just like we do. It's it's incredible. I mean they're on they're on their path, and I love it when I'm able to see different beings like that that pop in that are that are helping them. And a lot of times I will see a person or an animal that they shared, you know, they have lost as well that maybe they may be teamed up on the other side. And sometimes I wonder if I see that mainly for the person that I'm talking to to help them feel good about knowing that they're together. Yeah.
1: I had a a Sheltie once that I swear in his past life was a bulldog. And it was the weirdest thing, this little Sheltie would get between my legs and bark at these huge dogs that were going around, kind of like he was, you know, he was big. And it was like I looked down at him and say, are you serious? Do you know how big you actually are? And, and you know, this little bark is going out like, you know, don't come near me. I, I'm bigger than you. And it's like, no, you're not. <laughs> Have you looked in the mirror? <laughs> <You> know, <laughs> I mean, they. I think that 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 if you have a pet and you get involved with a pet and and you you get to know them, um, you begin to see more human qualities to them than than you know. It, it, it's surprising the kind of characteristics you really can pick up with them if you take the time to and. Um, I, I I think one time when we were talking, I asked you about um, spirit animals and if you ever saw them. In other words, ghost animals. I guess is the best. No, not mm. not bad ghosts, but but I guess phantom animals. I don't know what you would call them.
2: Yeah, I I that's yeah, I don't know that it's it's weird because when you said that, I, it made me think of how. I'll be in a session with an animal and I'll see a, a person's soul that has not crossed, has not gone to the light yet and that they have also attached to the animal, which ah. is interesting. Yeah. I mean, the other day I had a situation where the um, where the animal had... The the, an- the the complaint was that the animal all of a sudden was acting very not himself and um, and would pace at night in the middle of the night and then would just sit in like a corner of the room and just stare at the wall at one spot on the wall. And then would go to another room and do the same thing. And this was highly unusual for this dog and out of the ordinary. And as soon as I connected with him, um, I saw this, this being, you know, this probably person that, you know, had not gone to the light, but this person showed me that they – their last who knows how many years in a wheelchair where the person would just, they were parked and forced to stare at a certain thing and, and that at night they could never sleep and, and so he left and the dog immediately stopped doing those things and, I, was, and I'm seeing more and more of that where I'm noticing that um, where, there's an, where there's people souls that are attaching to animals life as well, they can, they can attach of course to us but they're, they're uh-huh. easy to clear during a session. But I have, you know, I'm sure that there are also animal souls. I have, I, don't, I can't think of a story off the top of my head to share with you, though. But, but yeah, I think, I think most of the people that I'm talking to are so, have such a belief in the afterlife. And so I'm assuming that that's the case that they can, you know, their animals are, of course, going to be crossing with more ease and grace because of their belief.
1: Yeah, I, I, the reason I asked is because I have I have two here in the house. Um, one is Smudge. Oh, come on. And, and Smudge is seen by everybody. You know, he wanders around. I, and when the cleaning lady started, I said, "Now look, there is a a spirit cat here," and you know, don't be frightened. And she looked at me like, "Okay, crazy cat lady," you know, and and it was. I don't know, a week or so later she came in, she looked at me and she said, I saw smudge and I said, Yeah, upstairs, right? And she said, Yeah and ever since then, you know, she'll she'll often say, Oh, smudge was in the living room or smudge was here or smudge was there and my late husband didn't believe in any of this and I remember him sitting in the kitchen and suddenly looking under the table and I I said, What's wrong? He said, a gray cat just rubbed against me. Did one get in by accident? And I said, no, that's Smudge. And he said, yeah, right. And I said, well, where is it? And he said, I don't know. And a couple of hours later, he's, he looked underneath again and he said, I see the whole cat. There's a whole gray cat there. And I said, that's Smudge. And he said, it's right, he's right under the table. I said, really? And he looked under and he said, where did he go? And and It it took four or five times for Smudge to break him in, but, you know, then he would say, yeah, Smudge was upstairs again or whatever. And my last cat, Leo, um, who was 14, when he transitioned, a day later he was walking around the kitchen and, you know, several friends of mine said, "I I thought Leo, you know, passed on, and I said he did. And it was like he just walked through the kitchen, Barbara, and I said, I know, he's here. Um, so, and I'm not haunted. I'm just delighted that they, they, are, they are hanging around.
2: Oh, I love that for you, too. That's, that's pretty awesome. My Kahlua, my and, first cat when she passed, she stuck around for a really long time, too. And it was wonderful you, to, to see her. It was very comforting.
1: Have you noticed that, that with a lot of people, when um, a cat or a dog passes over and they've they've really been um, an integrated part of the family, that at night they will feel them jumping onto the bed.
2: Some of them can absolutely. I know. I, mean, I've, I I've experienced that.
1: It's it's such a cool feeling where, where you know somebody's jumped onto the bed and you turn the light on and there's nobody there. So. Yeah. I, I love that connection. Um, so, for for people who want to get, um, for, for for how do I put this? Everyone I have ever talked to that was experienced in this field, as you are, um, the one thing that they 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 all say that is a good technique and way to ex, to expand yourself to get into another area to move into a greater depth of understanding is meditation. Do you recommend that to everybody?
2: Absolutely. Yes. And 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 animals, you know, animals meditate every single day. They just Oh yeah. They listen to their instincts and it's it's a it's an important thing that they do as they foster their connection. Because during meditation it's we are healing during meditation. We are raising our vibration. We are getting connected to a source that has the ability to heal us and ground us and help us feel better, and so animals instinctively get that, and they're doing that all day long. <laughs> a lot of times it's all day long. And oh yeah, you know. And so for for us, it's just as important, you know, not just to check off a box that we meditated, but to really sink into it like the animals do. They can. We should just be like them, right?
1: Oh yeah. <laughs> I, I wouldn't mind being able to sleep ninety percent of the time. Um, but you know, I, I feel strongly that you know, when when people get a pet they don't realize the precious gift they've got sometimes. And and right. the more you get the more you get to know your um, who you're sharing your life with, the the more you can you can learn about yourself. And and so it's it's so important too and a lot of the stuff um while you certainly do facilitate you know healing and and all sorts of stuff like that with an understanding and and a comprehension of what contracts are and, and everything else it 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 also is is a good practice to really try to figure out yourself what your contracts might be and, and and you know if there is a physical difficulty or something like that that you can't figure out, then certainly having several sessions with you would be a wonderful way to kind of get to the get to the center of what's going on. I mean, you know, kind of like you can go to the expert and figure it out in four sessions, or you can spend a year or so trying to figure it
2: out yourself. <laughs> right. Well, so, and and sometimes we never know exactly what the contracts are, but the. And, and that's okay. You know, I mean, I, I had a question the other day about, you know, did I miss it? Here was a situation with this animal and they passed. Did I, miss, did I miss the lesson? Did I miss the contract? And I don't think that that's possible. It could be that they haven't reached the point where they, um, where they got it yet. But that doesn't, uh-huh. that doesn't mean that what they were supposed to do together didn't happen. You know, I mean, because lots of times it's years later and they go, oh, I finally get that they helped me through this or I wouldn't have yeah. understood this without that animal. And it's okay whenever it comes in or if it doesn't. It doesn't matter. The contracts, you just trust it at a soul level. It's through the living of those contracts. That's the important part. It's not the knowing what the contracts are.
1: Yeah, that's so true because, you know, it, it, and lessons, and contracts, um, for anybody that's ever signed a contract, there are there, there's a lot of small print, and there's lots and lots of pages. It isn't just one thing; it's many different levels of understanding and comprehension, and and you can peel them you know away slowly, but but it's sort of like sometimes it could be abandonment, and then after that it could be trust, and then after that it could be um, so many different other things so that, so that it isn't just one thing. And lots of times you miss the different levels because you, know, it, 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 you just don't have the um, understanding to know something has been helped or something has been changed or something has been opened up and there's a greater flow of energy. You often don't have to know why. It's the the fact that it happened, and there was a shift inside your own energy for some reason, that that enabled it to happen because of your pet.
2: Beautifully stated. Oh my gosh, I might. I wish I had that on recording. <laughs> that was great. <laughs> well, you can yes, you
1: can absolutely. go you can go to the archive if you subscribe to the YouTube channel. <laughs> you don't have to, but you can go to the YouTube channel and and find it. Let's see. It was. A minute and 20 into the into the interview,
2: okay. roughly. Yeah. Okay. Well, An I, hour and 20, beautiful. sorry. Yeah, no, I knew what you meant. But beautifully stated, though, it really is so true. And I, and I love the comparison to a real contract and the different details of the contract. And sometimes we don't know what all those details are. Sometimes they're, you know, in a different level of awareness. But I, I love what you just said. It is so true. We just, you know, we will know what we know when we know, when we know it and when we're ready to yeah. know it.
1: It's like a credit card, you know. You never can read I mean, even with magnifying glasses, I can't read all that small print. So, um, and, you, and, you know, the most important stuff is in the teeny tiny print. It's, it's mm-hmm. in that stuff that is felt and known but not, and, and understood but not on a consciousness level. Because face it, you know, our, our spirit is evolving and we don't even understand what it is for the spirit to evolve. You know, we, we kind of understand. But but until we cross over and we're in spirit ourselves, we won't really understand what the purpose was of so much that, that went on during the lifetime.
2: Yeah, I agree. I agree, and that'll be fun to fun to see all the different ahas we have when
1: we get over there, and it's, oh my it's goodness, wonderful yes. to see
2: them here too. You know, it's wonderful just to be awake enough to be able to see different things, to see the symbolism in their actions as well. You know, sometimes oh. when 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 they're doing something that we don't like, and you know, I think about the times when. I remember when I was doing this work and I was still doing a mainstream gig, you know, that I did from home my own business as well to support myself for many years, but I got where I really didn't like doing that anymore at all. But so I was kind of resenting it and not even realizing how much I hated it. But every time I was on a really important call, my cat sundance would get up in front of me and she would start meowing. And she had the loudest meow of any cat I've ever been around. And 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 I would be honest CEO would say, Is that your cat? And, and, you know, it'd always be a big joke. And I would put her rooms down, you know, close her in the door when I know I had an important call. And you could still hear her. She was amazing on trying to get the door open and get to me anytime I was on an important call in that line of work. Until one day I realized that she's making me angry. And it's like, okay, she's not making me angry. She's showing me that I have ang- anger that's repressed. And then I sat and started working with that. Well, what am I angry about? Well, I'm angry that I'm still doing this work. And, and once I realized how much anger I had about it, then I put together a plan to get out of that and do this full time, which has been many, many years ago now. And immediately from that day forward, Sundance did not do that anymore. Wow. she didn't she did not meow when I was on the phone because I still had to do I still did it for a bit longer you know I just put together a plan to get out to get out of that business but and so they're doing these things that, there's just so many different levels you know I think about another time when I when I thought this deal and that business was completely gone and they were big deals and beautiful and a lot of work when I when I had them and and I thought this deal was just unrevivable, if that's in a word, and then I watched my cat, uh, Mai Tai, try to jump in an area, and at that point, he was probably, I don't know, 14, maybe, years old, he was trying to jump up on this armoire that he's never tried to jump on before, and he was so focused on it, and he would jump from this side, and he would fall and not make it, and then he went around the other side, and I was just <laughs> watching, I'm like, what are you doing, dude? And yet he was so focused and he was like, no, wait, there's still another way. There's still another way to get there. And he finally did. And then I realized, well, what's that? And I'm like, oh, my gosh, there must be another way for this deal to work. And there was. And that deal ended up, and I I thought it was just gone until I watched my cat find another way to do something that looked impossible. And so these symbolism contracts that we have with them in the moment – they're always, the universe is using them all the time. Their psyche, our psyche are calling in, you know, answers for us within any given problem, perceived problem that we are having. There are messages that can come in from all different kinds of sources around us in those moments, and our animals are used so much for that. It's, it's really amazing.
1: Wow. Have you, have you ever read any of David Michie's books?
2: No, let me write down that David Michie is his last name.
1: M I C H I E. He's written okay. the Dalai Lama's Cat, the oh, Art of Purring. Oh, yeah, I
2: think I do have that. Yeah. The,
1: the Power of the Meow and the Four Paws for Spiritual Success. Um, cool, cool books. Cute, cool. I mean, they aren't. They aren't. They're serious books. Um, and I think your book goes right along with them to be honest with you because there's a there's a sense here of you know there's there's really a part of being in it you don't own the pet and they don't own you this is a partnership mm-hmm. so that so that there's a reason they're there with you for you and and for them and and to to share that that sacred space with them and and learn from them is, you know, just think how hard it must be as an animal to get a point across to a human who doesn't speak cat.
2: <laughs> yes, they're not aware enough to realize these things they're trying to do to get us these answers.
1: <laughs> yeah.
2: Yeah, it's incredible.
1: I mean, Poof was was crying like crazy today, and I kept looking for her to see if she's hurt or stuck or or. or you know, something, and, and she kept walking out of the bathroom and then walking back in, and I went in. And she has this horrible habit of dropping her toys in the toilet to wash them and then not being able to get them out. And, and she had dropped one of her um, stuffed mice into the toilet, and I had to fish it out for her. And, and she looked at me like, don't you understand the tragedy that is here? and you know i was just grateful it wasn't a live mouse again because those are tough to get out of the toilet oh um, no yeah <laughs> she thinks they're more fun than the stuffed ones but um i'm not thrilled with that one those i let outside but but <laughs> That's you know oh yeah i when they when they actually find one in the house or or you know trap one I usually catch it before they do, and what I love is they keep looking for it, and they don't realize that I've caught it and let it loose so <clears throat> i I am a better mouser than both my cats um, <laughs> but but you know I think that that you have to understand that there's got to be frustration sometimes on their end because they're you know it, it's humans don't seem to be getting the message they're trying to give them. And, and I think we have to, I, I truly believe we have to um, pay greater attention to what they're trying to share with us. You know, we're not just supposed to feed them and, and empty their litter box. There's, there's a message, a wisdom, a purpose
2: to the connection. Yes. They, these are highly intelligent beings and the spiritual beings that we have teamed up with to partner for our shared evolution and when we just raise our level of awareness in any given moment to look at them differently, look at them with new eyes and think, What is this message for me? What can this mean? Um, then we've we've helped we've helped both of us. Because they are oh, certainly you know, they they I don't you know, they maybe they are frustrated with it. I don't know, but Certainly, I know in my past I have missed a lot of messages, (laughs) without a (laughs) doubt. I'm
1: sure we all have. (laughs) Well, you know, it's it's funny because I I do a spiritual development group with, with some ladies, and we've worked with gemstones and we've worked with tarot cards. And without fail, one, if not both of the cats, end up on the table not playing with the stones but moving them around to different places. And I've even seen them when I do um, a reading of some sort on on the countertop here, um, I have have seen one of them sit there and stare at the cards with me and and move cards to a different place. And I always trust what they've done because I I feel that, you know, there was real purpose and thought in what they did, and maybe it it meant something more where they put it than where, where I had put it in the first place. So, you yeah, know, I agree. While they don't have a business card, every now and then, um, I, I I tell people
2: often they've been cat scanned. <laughs> That's so great. I used to have one cat that I would lay out my cards, and I would always trust her. And I'm like, choose the card, and she would go right up, and she would she would pick one card, you know. And I would put out what my question was, and then I would ask her to pick the card. And I, I always knew that she was a better card picker than me. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. They
1: come from another um, another level of consciousness, another level of perception. And don't forget that their eyes are much better than ours.
2: Yeah. So that, yeah. So that
1: they, they may well be seeing into other dimensions um, that we can't see. I, I know, I mean, if anybody has had, especially a dog, but cats too, they'll be sitting and suddenly they'll be looking all over the room as, they're, as though they're following something. And it's it's usually not a bug or a piece of dust. There's usually something there. And, you know, they can see it and you can't.
2: Mm-hmm. So it's yeah. really cool. I. It is, absolutely. I can usually see it with them, but... <laughs> So I get to see what they're what they're chasing after, in my world. But it is fun, and absolutely they can have uh, beings of light from the other side that are playing with them. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. I, I had I woke up one evening um, after my, my mother had passed, and I heard ka thump, ka thump, thump, thump. And, and, you know, I got curious and I walked into the living room and here was a piece of tissue just floating in the air and the cats were jumping for it. And it was, it was floating up and down. It wasn't just drifting from nowhere. It was definitely almost like it was on a string, but it wasn't. And I, I, I knew there was someone there. I didn't know what, who it was, but I, I, I just said, I can't sleep with this cathumping. Could you do this? You know sometime during the day So and, and and the tissue just floated to the floor And the two cats looked at me like What? <laughs> Joy stealer so,
3: Yeah I
1: definitely Yeah but I'm pretty sure that they, they Did get to play at other times when I You know I, I wouldn't have cared if it was during the Daytime I was just trying to sleep Yeah So, so, so This This tandem healing that you do, um, where is it leading you? Because it does feel as though it's only a a stepping stone. It's not the final plateau.
2: Hmm. That's a great question. I don't know that I have an answer for that. I know that that's that's a big part of my journey right now is is helping people raise their awareness to know that, that they can possibly help their animals more by, by healing alongside of them, and maybe it's yet to be determined what the next level will be.
1: It just seems as though you know you're you're so. I mean, I don't think you're done, and it seems that there's there's always got to be another step, or,
2: or, or you wouldn't be here anymore. <laughs> Yes, there will be. I mean, I don't know if you, if I shared with you how even this book came. You know, because, because, uh, you know, my last book came out in 2018, and, uh-huh. and it was, and it was seven years from the time of the idea of the book to its conception of having one in my hand. And animal soul contracts came through within weeks after getting Bodhi and Rumi. And and a bunch of whole spiders in the house. That was one night where the spiders were about the written word, and uh, spiders kept coming to me a lot. And uh, until one night, it kind of reached this big plateau of oh my gosh! All of a sudden, there's there's a like a East Coast tarantula. I call it, but it's a wolf spider that was in the house at midnight, and and had a mate, and the uh, female had. I'm guessing about 150 babies on her back, and my two new kittens started playing with them, and so they were going everywhere—up walls, up the refrigerator, oh. up everywhere. <laughs> but uh, and so I didn't create a lot of good spider karma that night. Um, but but soon after that, I went in meditation. That this book came to be, and and it just came out of nowhere. And I saw the pyramid of the seven levels you know, that are in uh-huh. the front of that um, that soul contracts uh, yeah. chapter. And immediately I sent the idea off to my publisher, and I had sent him several other ideas after, you know, because I'm a next project kind of person, you know, what's the next thing? And yeah. he had never responded, but with this, I sent him, there's this whole other level to my work I haven't talked about yet. Here's what I, you know, I've, I see the name Animal Soul Contracts. And he responded within an hour saying, I love it. I want this and this and this. And, you know, a year later, I have a book in my hand. And I'm, I didn't even realize it could go that fast. So my point is that I'm assuming <laughs> that the next project is going to come through. And I'm trusting the process more. Well, yeah, I'm yeah, really the trusting the process. <laughs> Right, I, yeah. but, I, but I'm not overthinking it. No, I mean, I have a whole, you know, new Zoom. I have a lot of Zoom master classes that I teach now. I teach animal practitioners and, of course, animal lovers as well. I have a whole class around the first book around these five core emotional wounds and how they show up in animals and their people. And I've been doing that for many, many years, and it's really kind of what I'm most known for. But now I've got a whole program that I'm launching in October about the contents and animal soul contract. So that's kind of where my mind is right now is around this Zoom class for for that. But as far as the next thing beyond that, I don't know. (laughs) I don't know what it will be at this point. But I trust that it's gonna come through and it's gonna be great. But if you have any guidance for me around that, I am open for it.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well I you know, it just it, it felt to me as though this is a wonderful stepping stone. Um and, and 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 I don't know what it's to, but I think it's fascinating that you had a pyramid, and and you know that the Egyptians you know revered cats, um, so so I'm wondering if there is some sort of major spiritual message that the the ancient wisdom of the cats has to bring to humanity at this time. Lord knows we could use it. Um, mm-hmm. And, and, you know, it's, I, I think during these times of, of the difficulty that we're going through, um, whether it's upheaval or it's, it's, you know, viruses or whatever, um, we are coming to a time where everyone is seeking for, for spiritual enlightenment and understanding and certainly having pets, you know, as companions um, along the way to help us understand um it, it makes great sense, not as a familiar, but as a partner. And mm-hmm. I, I think that, that, you know, I think you, you have an amazing gift being able to help people sort of, sort of translate what it is that's going on between them and their companions. But it just yeah, seems you. like you're going you're gonna to go further with it. And, and probably that, that comes down to some sort of spiritual wisdom and awareness as to the evolution of the human spirit along with their partners.
2: Oh, I love that. Well, it's, we will see. And, and I hear what you're <laughs> saying. And I'm not sure, when my publisher, you know, sent me their first uh, cover for Animal Soul Contract, I, the, criti- the one critique I had, because I had sent the image of the you know, the paw on the hand so they used that but they I said to them, I said, Well the font on the book looks really similar to the font that you guys chose for the first book and I was just thinking I wanted it to look different and they said, No, we want all of your books they have similar fonts, and I just laughed thinking all of my books because because so, you're in the middle of writing it's so, it's so much work, <laughs> you know. Oh
3: yeah. It's, oh yeah.
2: It's just so much work that the thought of another book is something that's way off the radar when you're in the midst of writing one because it is just uh, it it is just a lot of a lot of dedication. To go into Absolutely. it so i laughed when my publishers said that and i thought oh no 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 there's not going to be another book and then of course that's what i said last time
1: <laughs> oh yeah oh you, well there, there. um it, as far as i'm concerned as far it, as far as me you know i can only give what i feel you know for my own personal development and stuff that that every time I, I complete something or I, or I come to a place where I think I, I've kind of got something down pat, that there's another level that, that needs to be discovered and, and you know, sort of um, either dug up sure. or ascended into. And, and it just feels like the partnership that we have with, it, it's really cool because because what you're doing is you're helping people to communicate with another species and i do personally believe only my own personal belief that that there was a time probably way before the last mass destruction where where we were able to really communicate and get along with all animal life and and you know that means you know lions and tigers and bears so that there was Open communication between Homo sapiens and that and that realm of other beings and the fairies, gnomes, and elves, and, and so that so that everything flowed together. There was open communication, understanding, trust, love, and and um, it, it was a whole. And and today we have the human realm. We have the animal realm we have the fairy realm we have the i don't know fish realm and they're all different realms but they aren't they aren't they've been fragmented the totality of what this this planet is supposed to be has been fragmented and what you're facilitating is those realms coming together and blending again mm-hmm. so that so that so that this realm, this world, is—it's—it's it's a way of coming to wholeness that we lost, you know, eons yeah. and eons ago.
2: Yes, back so Atlantis and Lemuria. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. So it isn't just communication. What you're doing is facilitating a coming together of wholen- of wholeness, you know, and and maybe if we work with animals, someday we'll be able to work with our fellow man to come together again. And maybe, maybe we have to learn to, to be loving companions to our pets before we can be really loving companions to each other.
2: Oh, I think so. I mean, they certainly teach us compassion. And that's, that's one of the, I think, one of the main things that some of these animals that choose to be with a person who is, holds no empathy um, and no compassion, you know, to, to help them awaken just for a moment to have compassion um, in oh, yeah. their hearts. Um, I mean, I mean, that's just so incredible that an animal would even choose that route to uh, such, such a noble cause to help humanity in that way.
1: Oh, absolutely. And you had a story... Um about a man who, um, who had a little dog and, and fell on it
3: mm-hmm. and the
1: message that the little dog had. Can you tell that story? Because that's such a touching story.
2: Yeah, that's actually in the first chapter. And, and I was actually doing a session on someone else. Um, you know, I, I had clients, um, Kathy and her husband, Michael, and they, they rescue um, Yorkie adult Yorkies, they usually, they're usually seniors when they get them, you know for whatever reason, maybe their person passed or whatever, but they, they, uh, they take in rescued Yorkies and and during a session I was doing on someone else in person, in my office all of a sudden I saw this soul chat room bubble behind me, you know, or above me, and I know, and Kathy had texted me earlier that day that you know, that Maddie uh, that there was an accident and that they were rushing Maddie to the vet. Well, Maddie was also a senior, she had lots of lots of physical issues, but they would trust that they would know the time. And that morning, um, here Michael was probably six six, I'm gonna guess, and got tripped up and fell on top of Maddie, and and they rushed her to the vet. And oh my gosh, he loved like they were so close, and he was just. Oh, you can imagine how you would feel, you know. I can imagine how I would feel if if something like that happened where you think, oh, my gosh, I'm responsible, but I saw this. And I didn't know she had passed at the time I was doing the client uh, session. And all of a sudden I saw their higher selves, and she was saying, tell him – tell him thank you. You know, I was ready to leave and we signed up for this in advance. And the the exact wording is is correct in the book. I'm going off the top of my head here, but go by the story in the book for the, for the true details. But uh, from what I remember, it was that Maddie was just, you know, saying thank you and wanted him to let himself off the hook and know that it was part of their plan, part of their contracts for him to help him. Help Maddie out of her body at that time.
1: Yeah, it's it's um, like like Lisa said earlier, it's um, it's hard to know exact. Oh, it's hard to know when um, when the time is right, and yet when you do know, there's no question in your mind. You had a beautiful story about going for a kitten. And the slow eye wink.
2: Mm hmm. Yeah. yeah yes. when it, was I it, was at it. Time for it. Yeah. Yeah. Can yeah you yes, share that, that was my tie. Yes. My well, my tie. He's in the second chapter as well. As, and my um, tie. You know, 18 years I had him. Didn't make it to 21 like your guys, but I still felt good. He was still kind of in hospice care for at least a year or two prior to that. But when I first got uh-huh. him. Um, I went to a woman's house who had um, a bunch of kittens uh, that she was trying to get adopted out, and and I in advance I I told myself I'm only gonna deal, the only way I'm gonna adopt a kitten today is if I pick one up, and they don't try to you know how kittens can squirm and latch onto you and you have to pull them off or they you know they're going all over the place I want to be able to hold them or her, and that they're calm, and that they give me this nice, long, slow blink, which in cat language is, I love you. Uh And I'll have you know, it was the very last kitten in this room that I picked up. And I picked him up and, and I held him out in front of me with one hand and he just gave me this slow blink and he didn't squirm and he didn't try to do anything at all. <laughs> and I'm like, okay. And that was actually how he let me know that he was ready. He wanted me to help him pass as well. Um, and that was a surprise. I didn't expect that. We didn't have like this slow blink thing all of our lives together in 18 years. It wasn't like I would do a slow blink, but he was getting were was getting bad, and I didn't want him to suffer, like none of us want our animals to suffer, and I didn't want to have to make that choice, but we were he was sitting on my lap and he was looking at my looking into my eyes, and I said, "Buddy, you just let me know when you're ready to go and then I it's like then I asked the question I had never said to him up to that point. I hadn't really said it out loud, and I said, "Do you want me to help you? Are you ready now?" And he just looked at me in the eye and then he gave me this slow, long blank. And Uh I was like, oh, no. (laughs) And, yeah, but that's how he let me know. And I knew, I knew in that moment that that was, it was unmistakable, the message that he was giving me, that he wanted me to help him. And so I did. I absolutely did. And I I always told him I'd do whatever he wanted me to do. And, you know, he was he was probably more uncomfortable than what he let me know in his past year or two. So if he was ready, I was gonna honor his request. Oh yeah. Oh
1: yeah. And and you know, it's a matter of a quality of life and and you know, I I never wanna hold on to a pet for me. Because I don't want anybody Pardon me, to, to, to be uncomfortable. I, I want them to have a quality of life, too. And if they don't have a quality of life, then I'm being selfish by, by prolonging it. So I I think yeah. I have cried more in the vet's office over the years than, than in funeral homes.
2: <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, I think most animal lovers are like that, the ones that really get emotionally close to their animals.
1: Oh, yeah. I, I, I know that... Uh, I'm planning a move if I'm lucky, and um, I have this big bin with 14 the ashes of 14 animals in it. <laughs> and, and my my son said, "What are you going to do?" I said, "I'm bringing them with me." And and he said, "Why?" And I said, well, "I can't leave them here, you know." And yeah. and um it it's it's really it's it's ridiculous i just I couldn't think of sprinkling them here now I know it's ashes I got that, and I know their spirits are wherever they are but but for some reason, I have everybody's ashes and I just can't bear to leave them here. They're going to have to go with me and um
2: mm-hmm.
1: what was it i I found this wonderful thing that that you can take the ashes just a, a quarter teaspoon of them and they will put them into a, a glass globe for you mm. so, that, so that, you know, and and I'm just going to tell people I have a collection of glass globes, that's all. And there you go. <laughs> I will feel better. I will feel better than having, you know, 13 14 tins of animal ashes. So, you know, i will slowly over time get one globe made for each of them so that I can have them with me that way.
2: Oh, I love that. I love everybody honoring what works for them with the ashes. I've heard so many different fun stories, or I guess fun's the wrong wrong word to describe it, but, I mean, so many sacred stories of what they have done with their animals' ashes, and that sounds like a a great one. Well, you, you know, you kind of, um,
1: I just, it, it's funny because I didn't do that with my husband's ashes <laughs> when he passed away. But right. but uh, you know I I don't know I think I have a greater sense of you know uh, his spirit has gone on and I understand that and you know it, it's it's fine and wonderful but for some reason I still have such a connection to all of the pets that I've had and a lot of pet owners are like that
3: mm-hmm. so Absolutely. so it's a matter
1: of it's a matter of finding um, you know uh, finding. It's not letting go because obviously they're gone, except for Smudge and, and Leo. Um, so, that, so that, you know, you, you provide such a wonderful service with your tandem healings. I mean, it's, it's just such a magical thing, um, first of all, to find out what the connection you have with them is and what its purpose is and how both you and your, and your animal and your pet can, can facilitate a healing um, through what you do. I mean, it. it you, I think you said you recommended four sessions.
2: Well, I, I love it for people that are really ready to take a deeper dive with their animal, especially if there are issues that are up, if there's something going on, obviously physically or behaviorally within both of you that, you know, because I get a lot of calls from rescue animals, obviously, when they've got their past just like the people do, but there's a reason why they came together. So, yeah, I I will usually recommend that, but I like people to start with one and then see, see what they think at one, you know, and then you can upgrade to a package.
1: It just seems like such a magical way to not only heal yourself, but to learn more about yourself as well as the contract or the connection that you have to your companion.
2: Mm. Yeah, guess, we can um, learn a lot through the tandem sessions.
1: I still think there's a wisdom teaching here of some sort. Mm. Don't know why, but you know, I, I keep hearing the word wisdom, and and there is such wonderful spiritual wisdom that we can learn from our our pets and our companions, and um, you know, nobody's going to burn you at the stake for having a cat as a familiar, um, so anymore, anyhow, so it's right. just. It, 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 <laughs> Yeah, those days are gone, thank goodness. But um, do you work at all with, um, you know, shelters and things like that with animals that have have had problems and
2: you know they they're hard to place because of their issues. I do. Yeah, I've donated over a thousand sessions over the past twenty years. To I work. There are some out of town ones that I work with, but there are several in the Atlanta area that I donate sessions to regularly. And yes, I, I almost well, I think in every case, of course, I get the the unadoptable animals deemed unadoptable until they heal. Um, uh-huh. I'll get the worst I'll get the worst cases obviously because they've tried everything else and they they know it's something from their past, and they just want to be able to, to help them feel more comfortable. So I've seen all kinds of different situations with some of these guys, and it's, it's really an honor. They've been some of my best teachers, these sessions that I've donated to to shelters, because they have come in to heal more um, you know, expeditiously, and, and they've chosen experiences a lot of times that, really unpleasant, just like a lot of people, just like uh-huh. us, right? Where we've chosen to to come in and take a deep dive and say, okay, I can handle that. I'll come, I'll get awake, I'll deal with it. <laughs> you know, we'll do that. Well, animals are are similar to that, and that they want to, they're ready to heal a bunch of karma and and a bunch of old issues as well. So, yeah, these these guys have really been great great teachers for me and i i have i have some of those stories in both books about some of the shelter animals i've worked with
1: what what do you suppose is you know if if an animal comes in to you from from like a shelter who is very very traumatized um what kind of thing so so they would have to clear some of their own karma in order to find the person who they're meant to be, have a contract with? Or are they or, or are they animals that come in with just their own car- karma that they have to work out and there isn't necessarily a contract for them?
2: Oh, there seem to be contracts just because they're at the shelter. They got saved. And so they, they would have a contract. I don't know if you remember the story with, with Gigi and Wilson in Level 4, the karma agreement of this dog that – you know, was basically uh, got to the rescue center. So with, oh, yeah. with yeah. A, lot of, a lot of magical little, you know, beautiful ways that people saved him along the way. And I believe that he had a contract with each of those people that helped him on his path to even get to the shelter where he was going to be having all his needs taken care of and he was never going to have to go through what he went through again. You know, but it took several different steps to get him out of the situation he was, which was very difficult, into, you know, the shelter. And now he's with a home. He's been with a home, I think, for at least over a year now. And Wilson has has a beautiful home and manifested that. So I think that he chose to have those types of contracts and experiences with everyone along the way to evolve, just like we do. You know, we have gotcha. different relationships that, that help us move along the path, and get our vibration up a little bit higher all the time.
1: Well, I think that, that your book and, and, you know, what you have to say and certainly on your website um, gives everybody a better understanding as to the, the evolutionary process that our pets are on. They're not just here for one level. They're here to communicate and share. Um, I just noticed the time. Um, <laughs> I, 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 we've got like, like a couple minutes left. Um, I want to thank you so much for, for an amazing two hours. I so appreciate your taking your time and, and energy and sharing it with me and, and my audience because, I mean, there's such wonderful material in your book, and, and the book, again, is Animal Soul Contracts, Sacred Agreements for Shared Evolution. And you can find her at www.tammybillips.com. Um, Tammy, thank you so much. This has been such a pleasure.
2: Oh, it really has. You're very welcome. I've loved every moment of it. Thank you, Barbara.
1: Me too. We're going to have to talk about what comes next because cause
2: <laughs> I <really>,
1: I, <laughs> I, I'll let you, you know, when you're ready to think about it, you give me a call and we'll talk some.
3: <laughs> not that okay, I Okay,
1: deal. Not not that I know exactly, but I I certainly have some very strong feelings, so I'd be happy to share them with you.
2: Okay, I look forward to that.
1: Me too. Thanks again.
2: You're welcome.
1: Okay, everybody, it's that time. So, again, this will be an archive and if you are listening in archive please um, do us a favor of subscribing to the channel so we know you are listening, and hopefully you enjoyed yourself as much as I did. Of course, anytime I can talk about cats and dogs and, and, and horses and fairies and elves and gnomes, I'm, I'm in goose heaven. So thank you for sharing your time with me tonight. Um, another show tomorrow night. This is a busy week. There is a show every night. So check us out. They're all very, very different and very, very exciting. Good night now.